You're listening to the Full Count Podcast with Sean Halpin and John Huck. Dude, they don't even know what they're doing. What are they even talking about? Just start the damn show. All right, guys, you listen to the Full Count Podcast with Sean Halpin and John Huck, episode 84. Yeah. A magical number. 84. Matt, it is kind of magical. It's, it's usually a tight end number. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you had on 84 for a second. I'm 94. Yeah. I just came back from the practice. Oh, is that where you were? Yeah. Oh, how was that? It was cool. It was up in Oxnard and went to the Dallas Cowboy training camp. Uh, Leon Lett was running around uh, trying to be funny for some reason. <laughs> well, he just got passed at the comedy store, so yeah, he's, he's probably trying out his... Uh... He's got a weekend in La Jolla with Emmett Smith. <laughs> And um, Michael Irvin's going to do a pop in <laughs> with Joey Diaz. Um, no, so I, awesome. we, uh, Drew and I and some friends, uh, the Eagles fans. Oh, uh, gross. Why'd you go there. with them? Because when we parked, um, he goes, so, Well, since you drove, you know, I'll pay for parking. And I'm like, Okay, hey, Drew, get a picture of this. And they're like, What? And I go, An Eagles fan paying for parking at Cowboys. <laughs> Boo. But uh, it was cool. It's a cool complex, and it's, uh, you know, we're probably, you know, 15 feet from the field. Right, so you can hear everything. Yeah, and, and it's cool because they have uh, huge speakers on the field to simulate, like, crowd noise. So they just play rap music really loud during when oh, they go, hut, hilarious. hut, hut, so they can have something. Yeah, you to, know, to, to, yeah to be interfering. Like a stadium their... would be, I guess, or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. We we I got to see their... Five Super Bowl trophies, rings, helmets, you know. And there was yeah, one guy yeah, yeah. walking around, in, I swear, in a Chicago Bears hat and a Chicago Bears shirt. He was well, the only person. That guy is probably sent from heaven to walk around no. and no, and let everyone know who the real champions are. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was a good time. That's fantastic. And I got um, a ticket on the way back. So That um, is not fantastic. I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, the uh, Chips yeah, maybe uh, Jerry Jones could pay for that ticket. Yeah, so we're gonna take a collection. I dare you to send him a copy and be like, "I went and saw you guys do training stuff." <laughs> Why would I write it like that? You write it in crayon. <laughs> that way he thinks you're a kid, and he'll definitely reimburse you. Um, now, now, Jimmy, little Jimmy, why are you driving a car? You're eight. And then there was Rowdy, the Jones. mascot. Was uh, Rowdy the mascot? He's a cowboy. It's just he's a rowdy. drunk asshole from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he throws up on people. And then Drew's like, uh, "Do you want to get a picture with him?" I go, uh, "His face is dirty. Oh. He, he looked like a, he'd been out there all day, probably. So he just looked like a dirty high school mascot. That's disgusting. So yeah, uh, you want to talk sports real quick? Well, let's bring in our guests real quick. Just real quick. Bring her out of the green room. She can come out of the green room. Come out. Um, guys, uh, interns, can you bring her out of the green room, please? Thank you. Yeah, right, right there. Yeah, go ahead. Just grab your mic. Good. Okay. <laughs> guys, our guest today, episode 84 of the Full Count Podcast, is uh, author Marissa Tejas. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> she has written, uh, she's got two books. Second one's coming out right now. First book is called Rock and Roll High School. Growing up in the in Hollywood during the decade of decadence, I read that upside down. <laughs> upside down, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's got to count for something. Um, I've known Marissa for a while, and I had no idea she was a writer or, at all or a reader. Well, I just basically knew I knew you from working with you. I knew 
um, like your musical tastes a little bit. Like you always had, we had similar, we argued about a few things. Like I think one day you were like, no, Journey is fucking awesome. And I was like, yeah, they're all right. Uh, Journey, everybody loves Journey. I mean, I don't hate them, but I wouldn't don't be stop like, believing, bro. put on Journey's greatest hits. We got to rock this party. Like I would never put them on intentionally. I've actually like, heard you yell that three times. <laughs> At a, uh, today, this today. afternoon, at a pool party <laughs> that I go to on Mondays. Where are your friends? Get fucking jobs, everybody. <laughs> pool parties on Mondays. I never. But I ran into you the other day, and uh, I was like, hey, what have you been up to? And she's like, oh, my second book is coming out. And I'm like, well, I know. And I'm then, a huge asshole who didn't know about the first one. And so. we both felt like losers. When, oh, second book. Okay. Yeah, my first book. It's uh, working it's on, on a final title. Cut. It's on final draft right now. Um, working on a title. Uh, working on some screen stuff, and I I will say that at an early age, I kind of wanted to, like in high school, I kind of wanted to be uh, like a, a not like I wanted to write that next great American novel that would change someone's like I read Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and it kind of changed my life. I read Hell's Angels. Mm-hmm. I read uh, um, Catcher in the Rye. So I was always like, yeah, I'll write that next great thing. But obviously I never did, and I never will. <laughs> what, how, how did you decide? Because this is essentially, explain, explain the book. I'm sorry, I'm talking all over. <laughs> we just don't let her talk. Yeah. Like you our perception you tell of the me what book, the book is about. You come it's over, watch me and Sean talk about your book. <laughs> It'll be fascinating. Um, it, uh, well, the first book, um, Rock and Roll High School, came about... A couple, about three or four years ago, I went to a reunion show um, for a band that's mentioned in the book, and they do reunion shows once a year. They started doing it in 2003. They hadn't played in probably eight or nine years. They were a pretty popular band back in the what Sunset Strip. What band? Uh, they're called Blackboard Jungle. Blackboard Jungle, okay. And uh, they toured with Faster Pussycat and were managed by uh, Brent, who was the guitar player back then. And they pretty much just disappeared around the time of grunge like most of the glam rock bands a lot did of that, a lot of that yeah. went bye-bye yeah oh yeah and so they just kind of decided to do a reunion show in 2003 and i was really surprised by the amount of people that showed up just a lot of people that i hadn't seen since i was a teenager and it was just that really you remember seeing from these shows yeah like wow. kip winger and <laughs> exactly. but, but, but i mean like you're talking about like are you talking about fame like musicians or are you talking about like people you knew that you hung out with. Probably both, right? Friends, a little basically. of both, yeah. But a lot of friends that just, you know, that I'd met when I was 14, 15, hanging out and hadn't seen them in forever. And they just kind of showed up to the show. And then it was such a good turnout that they did it the following year. And every they do it once a year. And they at least they were smart enough, while. not to interrupt you, at least they were smart enough to go once a year instead of being like, uh, every we're going to get a residency yeah. here and be here every Thursday. And I'm going, dude, that is quite enough of this shit right now. That yeah. was a big thing, too. It was sort of like a tester thing. Let's just kind of see how it works out. And it was such a good turnout the first year that they did it a second year. And they've done it every year. I think this year was the 11th year. That oh, wow. Done. And they bounce around. The, they started at the whiskey. They go to the Viper Room. It's usually in a different. They spend a couple of years at different venues. It's been at the Roxy too. It's been. I think last year they moved it back to the Viper Room. But when I saw that turnout, I just kind of thought, well, maybe it's time that I start putting this book together. And also, a lot of the books that I saw about the Sunset Strip, it was a lot of just kind of groupy books. Like, yeah, right, right. how many times can I read that you had somebody oh, had yeah, sex with I Tommy Lee? Robert yeah. Plant's dick, and he threw a lobster out the window of the Hyatt. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I mean, CC Deville's crazy. Oh, we made a mold of Jimmy Page's cock and we broke it. 
<laughs> exactly. It was just, you know, it was kind of the same thing that I would read. It's like, I slept with Tommy Lee, or I got hooked on cocaine, and it was just kind of the same story from any woman that wrote a story. Oh, I thought that, Sean's was, also, I thought that was Polly Shore's book. Shell's, Shell's going to say, Sean's also done both those things. <laughs> <laughs> so, but... um but you grew up here. Yeah. You grew up, like, did you, what high school did you go to? I went to Rock Rose and Roll Lee. High School, Sean. It's no, I know <laughs> that, but I'm saying is that, you well, know. What street's it on? It's on Glitter Lane. In Glitter Lane in Spandex Alley. Exactly. <laughs> Spandex Court. Yeah, I, I grew up out here, and uh, I went to high school in Rosemead, which is in the San Gabriel Valley. It's yeah. about 20, 25 minutes east of Hollywood. It's more near Pasadena. Right. Yeah. My dad wanted to stay there once when he came out because he found a, a, a cheap hotel there. I'm like, you're not staying in Rosemead. He's like, yeah, it says it's only 19 miles away. Like, That's like 70 hours in traffic. It's yeah, a Motel like, wow. 4. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows where Rosemead is unless you grew up there. Yeah. It's funny. And I just kind of started hearing about all these bands in grade school, like maybe about like mid-80s like 85 or so I started hearing about Motley Crue and the Sunset Strip and all these things and I was like what is going on out there and so the first time I went out there I think I was 12 or 13 there was a this big um it was an outdoor concert um it was called the LA street scene and they used to block off a bunch of streets in downtown LA and have a bunch of stages and that year that I went and I missed half of the good bands but like Guns N' Roses played Jane's Addiction. This was in 86. Oh, Ramones, shit. Jane's Addiction, Guns N' Roses, yeah. Poison, all these great bands in that 86 played. In 86 to see 80. Poison, even, you would have been like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like 12, 13, so I was going crazy. And yeah. so well, after first of that... All, first of all, uh, how... What, what? I mean, I assume you, your parents are... Uh, <laughs> I always yeah. get that asked, dude. Where were like, your parents? They're human beings, right? They gave a shit <laughs> where their kid was, like... My dad actually took me and my older sister to the L.A. street scene, and he took us, he okay, took us to so my first Okay, so he was with you. And he, was, he was with he us. He was a, a fine American. Then, yeah, then that's awesome. But that's you know what, great. But I think, too, though, us being not in L.A., but you know, people being so close to L.A., they're thinking, not that it's safe, but it's so close. Like me going living outside Dallas where I grew up, if we went to Dallas, we'd be like, oh, Dallas. But if I said I'm going to L.A., they're, oh, it's scary there. Why would you go? Well, no, everyone's scared of where they've never been. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? When you're growing up in the suburbs of you know, of Chicago, cities scare the crap out of you. You're like, what? New York has how many people? They do what there? Like, But, again, you grow up. But how, but how many, like... What was the festival like? Were there thousands of people? And it was just it was crazy. all those bands at one place? Yeah. I couldn't imagine. It was like a two, I think it was a two-day festival. It was like a Saturday and a Sunday. And that year that I went in 1986, there were a couple of little scuffles on that first day that I didn't find out about until the next day. Because we Between went back. Between the bands? Um, just oh. fighting. Like okay. kind of riots broke out. Because the yeah. second day we went, I think I went to see, I went to see it was either Poison or Guns N' Roses, and something had happened on the stage where there was a water spillage, and like the got the security guard had told me, oh, well, they canceled. I think it was Poison. And they said, oh, P- Poison canceled, you know, because of the water spillage or whatever. That and sounds then like I, a Guns N' Roses move, to cancel because of water. <laughs> yeah. like, We're not going on. Like, that you sounds guess. like Axel, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't get to see them, and literally right after we left on that second day on Sunday, I came home with my older sister and my dad, and riots had broken out, maybe half an hour after we left. And Whoa. it was so uh, bad. There were stabbings and everything, and it was so bad shit. that they canceled it. They didn't. That was the last year last they had one. the L.A. street scene. Oh. Wow. But it was so much fun. Just tons of stages, vendors, food. You're just walking around. Right. It's so awesome. And I was like 
12 at the time, so I'm just going crazy. I'm like, yeah. oh, sensory overload. This is so cool. <laughs> Do you think the Sunset Music Festival strip fest, Sunset Music, music festival, festival, is kind of like trying to bring that back a little? I think so. But it's I a mean, sad kind of gross way. Yeah, and I, and even this year, I think it's it's two days now, and the t- every year the tickets get higher. And and where I live, I mean, I live in West Hollywood, so. We usually get, they started out by giving each resident that's near the area of where yeah. the closures are going to be like two tickets. Oh, wow. Two free tickets to the. Wow. And then mm-hmm. the couple of years later, they were like, oh, we're going to charge you $10 for the tickets. And right. each year they keep bumping it up and sure. bumping it up. So now this year, it's a whole new promoter. It's a two day festival, not one day. So I don't even know what, like the ticket prices are ridiculous. Oh. So I'm like, I wouldn't even yeah, pay for that. I live, I live like right down the street from the Viper Room. So I was okay. hoping. You know, because I saw those things, you maybe ten dollars or whatever. And then I'm thinking I'm just going to sell my parking space and <laughs> make some yeah. money for two days. Yeah, maybe house some foreigners. We yeah, sure. Start a hostel. <laughs> Me and Sean have gone. We went two years in a row because, you know, Ryan Brown. I think so, yeah. Yeah, he worked on. He worked the. I think he worked the same place we did for at least a little while. Maybe not. But uh. Uh, bald guy, kind of looks like Robert De Niro. We call him Brown Nero. Does he? Kind of. Look at him. Look at him. He's kind of a, like from fifty yards away. If you squint your eyes, you're like that's a bald. That's a bald De Niro. Is that Robert De Niro? It's a bald De Niro. Um, but he worked for Vince Neil uh, when they were on when he was on tour with Motley Crue this la- like a while back, and mm-hmm. Motley Crue headlined it. So we got free VIP passes from him. Oh wow! And then the next year, he happened to be working for Marilyn Manson, and then Manson was and headlining. Manson headlined it. Oh, so dear. we got more passes. But each time I just get like borderline blacked out and like <laughs> we wander into like, you know, we went into the a uh, couple of the smaller venues to see bands. You know, that was fun. We saw like Public Enemy. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah I was there. Yeah. They um, were on one of the stages. Yeah, so we would just, saw you there both times. I we, swear yeah, to God. Right. Yeah. We would just go one end of the street to the other, both stages. And then we, you know, Black Label Society and. Yeah. They're a little Fuel much. and Social D or somebody. Was no. No. Oh my God! Not Bush. No, no was, not Social D either. It was. Uh, oh my God, the the punk band. Uh, it's not Dropkick Murphys. No. Nope. No. Oh my God! It's really driving me crazy. Uh, punk band. They're they're like um, along the lines like it was the year. It was the year Public Enemy that played? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Los Angeles is burning. And Los Angeles is burning. You know, our listeners are going, come on, John. I know. (laughs) They're probably so angry. I feel like such an asshole. (laughs) Jesus Christ, it's been a long day. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. They played right before the blonde haired guy in that band. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that blonde haired guy. No, uh, the guy who sings pretty fly for a white guy. Oh, Oh. it's uh, a. Offspring. 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 Offspring so is pretty good. Offspring should have headlined they that festival. Were, they, <laughs> they were the I best. I thought they killed it. I did too. I agree. And I'm not even like a huge, like, I don't like crank up their CDs or yeah. anything. But but uh, Bad Religion. Bad Religion. Yeah, yeah. Damn yeah. it. Bad Religion was the band that played before Offspring. That sh- It should have been, there should have been no Marilyn Manson because whatever he did was an atrocity. <laughs> but there's sh- like, yeah, Offspring should have headlined it. Bad Religion should have played at night, not during the day. And Black Label Society yeah. should just take their <laughs> motorcycle jackets hey, and go calm home. down. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so you would go to the festivals here, but then when did you go? At like what age you go? You know what? I'm going to go to the Sunset Strip and check out a band. 
The first time I went was shortly after I went to the LA street scene because uh, I was in junior high at the time. I think I was about 13. And one of my friends in junior high had an older brother who was a bass player and he was in a band and he was having his show at the whiskey. So I, you know, I told my parents, I'm like, yeah, I'm just, you know, going to go to the show or whatever. And they're just like, hell no. But the only reason okay, why they let good. me go okay. is because both of her parents were going all, she comes from a family of seven. So all of her older brothers and sisters were going, her parents were going. So they're like, you okay. drove in a car with them you know, to exactly. the show. And that's, what's funny kind of about the whiskey. If you go there, it seems like there's a family vibe in there because some of the band members, Bring all their family. Yeah, that's the so deal. Then, I mean, that's always kind of been the deal. Like, right. and that's and your you fans about, base in the beginning, right? Your family and friends, oh, and yeah. and when you read about a lot, of, like like I think it was like Vince Neil's parents came out to the shows. You know what I yeah. mean? And when you watch that movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg, which I, I assume <laughs> right. you like that movie, I you know it's I have such when I saw it, I just had such weird feelings about it. Even though this sounds so cheesy, but like that moment when Jennifer Aniston walks in and then the girl is all like, "Can you hurry up? Because we're kind of waiting." Yeah. That just broke my heart. Because not that I've been in that exact situation, but. I've been in similar situations with just stuff like that, and I'm yeah. just like, you know, I hate this damn movie. This yeah. brings back bad memories. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's but too bad because, like, for us, up it, it might, it might be, it's, it's about living the dream, right there. You know. Yeah. But that that first time at the whiskey was that was the first time I went. But then after that, I started dating a guy, and he was friends with um, some guys in a bigger headlining band that had shows on the strip. So then I would go with him to shows. And then once I got my driver's license when I was 16, I was just driving out here every Friday right. and Saturday night. I was here. <laughs> I didn't care. Did. Yeah. But I would just try and hitch rides. Like, I would go with him to shows. or. And what band was know. that? Um, it was a band called Taz. Taz. They were, God, they started, I think, in the mid-'80s. They were they in Western, decline of the Western civilization? You know what? I think... I feel like they were. That's they why were. I say that. It's funny because I saw that movie when it first came out, I'm and then sure I saw did. it a couple of years later, like right after Grunge took over. Oh yeah. yeah. And I know. And I right when I saw the movie and I watched it again, I'm like, I know half the people in right. that film. Like I didn't know them at the time when it right. first came out, but then after that, I'm like, oh my god, that's so and so, and that's so and so. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. That movie. It's weird because that movie came out, and you're right. Like a few years later, Grunge killed it. And yeah. And watching like these guys just drunk as shit, like their mom's swimming pool. Yeah. Oh, from yeah. Lost. Like, yeah. Th- just really thinking that, really thinking the money was going to last forever. Really yeah. thinking there was no way they weren't going to be riding around in limos with hot tubs in the back. Like, yeah. that's just how it is now. Look at us. We're a band. That's just how it was, was back then. Yeah. People just, you just didn't care. You're just gluttonous. It's just no shame. Like, I should have just called my book No, no Shame. shame. That whole time was just no shame. Nobody cared. Nobody was faithful. Everybody was having sex with... I mean, I wasn't. I was the only dumb one that was faithful. Everybody was cheating on me. (laughs) (laughs) But everybody was having sex with everybody and hooking up. And I'm just like, no, I really do believe that my boyfriend's not cheating on me. And, of course, every single one of them were at the time. So what are you going to do? Well, that's why I don't date guys. (laughs) (laughs) That are in bands. That are are in bands. (laughs) They're disgusting animals. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I would, you know, living in the country, I would see videos and you would see like, you know, Vince Neil in a stretch limo with a jacuzzi in the back and the three or four girls and then all the, you know, just every rap video and, you know, I mean, is there any time, I mean, who was, well, I mean, your boyfriend was in a pretty successful band. Who was like the one, like, is there any point like at a Roxy or a Whiskey where... 
you met that person, you're like, oh my god. Oh you know, yeah, like- I chased Axl Rose like down the street. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I think I was 17, and I was just you know hanging out on the strip. Got people are there passing out flyers, schmoozing, and I was talking to somebody by the Roxy, and I see uh, this was probably 1990s. This was right before um, the Use Your Illusion albums came yeah. out. So I, I see Axl Rose walk out of the rainbow, and nobody, he's not with anybody. He's just sipping on a can of cherry coke, just to himself, and I'm just staring Fucking at him. Fucking gross, <laughs> cherry coke, <laughs> Pepsi I clear. Remembered, I, just, I remembered everything that he was doing, because I was just so in shock, and I just looked at him like, and I had to really stare at him, because nobody was going up to him, nobody right. was bun. I'm like, is that really him? or is Just a guy who looks like him, that yeah. everyone's like over at this point. Yeah, so I just kind of followed him, and I'm like, that's really him, but no one's like saying anything, and I'm, you know, I'm 17, I, have to, I don't care. Yeah. So I, I follow him out of the rainbow, and then he's <laughs> walking across the street to Ten Masa, well, he's not going there but he was heading in that direction so i chased him across the street and started yelling well axel axel and i caught up to him in front of the sushi bar and i was with a girlfriend of mine i'm like hi you know can i take a picture with you and he's like sure just totally monotone doesn't care and i figure you know when you take a picture with somebody maybe you put an arm over the shoulder right. or smile something like smile. that maybe, nothing maybe i got like, make hey. eye contact nothing. nothing he just stood there and we just you know me and my girlfriend just kind of posed around him like he was a mannequin and just like yeah. And I and I wanted to ask him a bunch of stuff, but I just was like, God, he just really does not seem happy right now. So I just yeah. said, him, well, thank you so much, like smiling, hoping that maybe he might smile he'll back. warm up a yeah. little or something. And he's just like, sure, and just walks off. And I was like, well, at least I got my picture. But that yeah. was like, wow, wow, wow. That I was mean, my moment. Back in the day, Axl Rose was the shit. Right. Oh yeah. When I first heard Appetite, that was the first time a band eclipsed Van Halen for me. Yeah. I was like. Okay, this is not my new favorite band. Right. It lasted like two weeks, and then I kind of ran Appetite into the ground and went yeah. back to Fair Warning <laughs> and uh, Women but to, and Children. But that first. was like one of the albums where I'm like, dude, every song is, is awesome, amazing, yeah. is awesome. It's yeah. aw- it's aw- the whole album is yeah. awesome from beginning to end. It really is. It is it one of the best. I mean, yeah. when did it come out in eighty or eighty seven, eighty eight? Eighty seven, eighty eight. So like yeah. two, three years after Master of Puppets. Right? Master of Puppets came out in eighty five. Was that never your thing, metal? Or was it always was it always kind of like the glam I, the glam bands? Or I were liked you ever a few like, metal bands? Like I like Metallica. Like Metallica and Anthrax were kind of my two right. that I really yeah. like. I still yeah. love Anthrax. Like I love Anthrax. I like Anthrax then. Um, sometimes some of the stuff they do now, I'm like, Ey. I have, I feel bad. I mean, I'm, I haven't bought any of their new albums, but I, yeah, I'm an old school Anthrax yeah. fan. We know when I hear, you know, yeah, Among yeah. Living is I'm an like, amazing yeah. album. Yeah. And so is State of Euphoria and, and anything before that, I think. Actually, what's the one with Belly of the Beast, uh, Persistence of Time? That's a good one. I think that was like my last Anthrax album I listened to. Then they got a new singer for a little while. Then they recorded all their, their hits with the new singer and re-put them out. I was like, why the yeah. fuck yeah, would, why you, would you that's do that? Ter- that's like I Sammy Hagar going that. back yeah. and singing all of 1984 and then reissuing it. Like, mm. no thanks. Yeah, I grew up with listening to <laughs> Joey Belladonna. So I, once yeah. they, got it, yeah. they got it, it was the singer of Armored Saint, I think they got for... for Armored the Saint, holy shit. Yeah, he was the singer, well, the next singer of Anthrax. And then yeah. they got Joey back, so now they have Joey, the original yeah. singer. They're, they're, they're looking old. I saw them at the floor. <laughs> They're looking, they're looking ripe. But so, but so your book is, it's really kind of personal, right? So it's basically 
Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's, it's taken not, from my journals. Like, I literally just you wrote touched, everything down. Wrote everything down. Everything everybody did, said, who they did, everything. I just would come home and just because I was just in such sensory overload. I think when I the, my reason for going out there was just as creepy as it is, kind of more to people watch. Like, right. I just was so fascinated with this whole scene that was going on down there. So I'm like, I just want to see what's happening. I don't care about sleeping with Tommy Lee or being the most popular. I don't care about any of that. I just want to see what's going on and just yeah. kind of... Were you be in it? Yeah. Were you drinking, doing drugs, anything? You know, I've actually still never done cocaine to this day. I've never tried it. I think that's... <laughs> well, that's what we brought you here for. Um, <laughs> say, being out at that time in Los Angeles on the Sunset Strip with those bands, around those people... Oh, yeah, everybody did it. I yeah. gotta say, that is pretty, pretty impressive. Amazing. Oh, I got offered right on the Strip. Like, I literally... I had just gotten um, a bunch a of flyers. Uh, <laughs> no, just some random band guy walked up. I was sitting down with my hot chocolate and it was cold out and I was just kind of organizing my flyers and he just walked up and was like, hey, you want to come with me to my car and do a bump? And I'm like... No, nah, it's all right, you know. And he's like, "Oh, come on, whatever." I'm like, oh, "This after the guy yeah. never heard that before. Yeah, yeah. He never heard a girl go, nah, nah, I'm good on the cocaine. Thanks, yeah. buddy.' Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe tomorrow, but yeah, I think I'm good on the cocaine. But just, I mean, even now, like, I mean, I'm not around it as much as I was before, but right. I still I know not. people yeah. that casually yeah. do it, and yeah. I just, yeah, sure, it's just something about it that just doesn't. It just was oh, always creepy to me. I don't know. It's, it's don't like it. you know what, creepy is a good word. Because I think it's supposed to be a social drug. I think it's supposed to be like, originally, people would do it and be like, yay, look at me. I can stay up all night. I can, I'm chatty. Yeah. I'm, I'm talkative. At the same time, like, if you've ever listened to a cokehead talk, you're like, that is enough out of you. You're yeah. not making any fucking sense. Stop. Nobody cares about what you're saying. Yeah. And it's just like, you watch know, dudes just sit around and watch each other talk. Yeah. And you realize that they're way... sweating. Yeah, they're sweating. And then they're not... <laughs> listening to what the person is saying they're just they waiting just for a talk. break in the yeah. conversation right. so they can then go here's what i did today and you're like that has nothing to do with what we were yeah. talking oh, about yeah. sesame streets and now you're you've changed the entire course <laughs> of the conversation so you but you're you're running around passing out flyers for your boyfriend's bands or i would sometimes but i really didn't care to like do that stuff like i just wanted to go and hang out but then that, that would be an of issue of like oh you shouldn't go to other you know headlining bands that are in competition with mine and i'm like Get oh out of here. really yeah. oh yeah he tried to pull that on like it's it's disloyal you look like a hussy if you're going and you're I'm like it's not it like i'm 30s? out there he called you a hussy yeah. <laughs> like it's not like i'm Get there in here, the front row showing my tits or something i'm just these are people that i've known longer than you like you're not and you want to support their them. bands too i mean you yeah. can never do another podcast besides this one just so you <laughs> yeah know. never that's it and that's you got to pass out flyers for the podcast <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> and, and you, do you want some cocaine cover your <laughs> next, <laughs> do you want cocaine that, yeah where's the, the cocaine the cover your next book is it has to be our podcast logo and our faces <laughs> um no but that's so you did that a little bit but i mean that's ridiculous that he wouldn't allow like wouldn't want you going there's there were so many bands i mean did you you say sensory overload but i look at how many comedians there are just today and there's yeah. no real comedy boom happening. Right. You go back to like that time in the 80s, comedy, people were, it was mayhem, yeah. you know, and yeah. bands the same way. And I always felt, I feel bad for bands. Like you drive up and down Sunset outside the whiskey, these guys just loading their own gear yeah. at like two in the morning, sweating, just played a show, drums, everything. And it's like, ah, God, that looks so annoying. It's rough. I mean, yeah. it, it's and it's weird too because I mean, with even with bands and you know, same thing with a book. It's like you know, how do I make my mark and with right. my book? There's a million writers. There's a bunch of people releasing books. Like, how do I make my book stand out? I don't have a name. I'm not famous. You know, I'm not. 
So what's the best thing that I can do to make this book stand out? So get a good cover, you know, and maybe make it something that nobody's really heard before. Like I went there, you know, got a little crazy. I had my fun, but I kept it together. Like no one can keep it together for some reason when they come out here or they just go crazy. And I'm like, just... You know, I was lucky that the people that I hung out with were a good group of people, and I'm still friends with many of them to this day. But it is hard to keep your head straight out here, you know? Yeah, it's and well, crazy. you come out here and you just overload, and then you go to the extreme, and then you have to pull yourself back and go, whoa, whoa, whoa yeah. okay. I mean, some people, to me, <clears throat> it's it's similar to college. When I went to college, I'd been, I'd been drinking beers since I was 15. Mm-hmm. When I went to college, I'd already been... To school with a hangover. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd already taken tests still hungover. I'd already done that. So when I got to college, I was I had no problem p- popping up in the morning after a night of boozing, going to class, studying, getting yeah. my shit done, whereas I watched people fall left and right and just right. start dropping out. Yeah. And I feel like Sunset, like, Hollywood's the same thing. You come out here, and yeah, you go balls to the wall at first, and if you don't learn how to pull it back... <clears throat> You crash and burn, and it, yeah. it can be really quick for some people, and it can last a lifetime it's for some a, people. It's a marathon. It's, still, it's a marathon. But it could be a crash and burn marathon. We're like, I'm going downhill. <laughs> it's a little bit at a time, but yeah. yeah. So it's the fact that you could keep it together, and that you say your friends were just as good as you in terms of not getting all plowed and wasted on drugs. And I mean, yeah, a lot of my girlfriends that I'm, you know, I've known since I was 16, like they've not tried cocaine. They're, you know, they kept it together too, which is why I wanted to write a book and just say you can come out here and you can have fun without yeah. falling into this trap. But like, you didn't come out here. You were already out here. There you go. Yeah. I so was that a- I swear has something to do with it too. You saw it from a, a more at-home perspective. Yeah, and I just I would just see how crazy people... I mean, I drank. Of course, I got drunk, whatever. But I would just see, especially for girls, it's just so scary. Seeing, like, girls just get wasted and yeah. trapped. I mean, I, you know, one of my good friends that I met, she was 16 and drunk and trashed and falling on top of me with her skirt flying up. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, just, I'm yeah. glad you're with me. Two I'll hour, take care of you. Two hours yeah. from home. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. just <laughs> insane. But I think even at the peak of me being out here every weekend and you know it got to the point where i'd stay out here like on a friday or saturday at a friend's house or whatever Mm -hmm. but even at that point i just never wanted i mean i live here now but i have a quiet apartment now but back then i just (laughs) i needed to go to my parents house and just have it be quiet i needed i needed to have a place where i could just yeah have quiet because the places that I would stay at, people would just be coming in at three in the morning. Right, yeah. Didn't matter, you know. And I'm like, God, how can you have just random, random. people strolling in your house, crashing? 15, 20 people sleeping in your house. You don't know yeah. who half of them are. I'm like, they're this like is hippies. No way. They're yeah. literally, it's yeah. literally like the, it's like the hippie movement. Oh yeah. How, I mean, I always sing. I love that music. I love that time. But man, would I have been annoyed if I was trying to sleep on someone's couch right. and like. Nine dudes stroll in like, hey, man, yeah. we're just going to get high, blow it in your face while you try to sleep. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Get out of here. But, I, you know, the things that I've seen that I think is cool is that it, they seem really supportive of each other and the whole scene. Yeah. yeah. And trying to get it to this certain level. So ha- someone having a house and, hey, mine's open. Your house is open to, you know, whatever you need. But, you know, that's things oh, yeah. that I've read about that are really cool. Yeah, you know? and it wasn't just, like, guys living with, like, stripper girlfriends or whatever. It was, like, a lot of my guy friends just lived, you know, they just crashed with just regular platonic female friends. Right. That were that just kept cool a normal apartment yeah. a little bit. Yeah. like to yeah. fuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> Give them plenty of cocaine. Just normal cokehead <laughs> whores. <Yeah>. That- <laughs> None of the crack, just the straight cocaine. <laughs> Um, when did you 
I mean, I you did you couldn't have possibly known when you were keeping your journal that eventually you were going to turn it into a book, or was that? Did you always say this is going to be a book someday, and then now it actually is? You're one of those people. I you think set your mind to do something when you're ten, and, and then you do it. Positive thoughts and yeah. you know goals. Yeah, I mean, I I <laughs> always liked writing, but I don't think the idea of possibly making a book out of that time didn't happen till probably. I think when grunge took over, because I just kind of thought about it. Like, mostly my keeping journals was just kind of sort of my way of... Remembering not, or venting or... Yeah, it was venting and also just wanting to kind of remember everything that happened. But it was a little <laughs> bit of both. It was venting and just kind of, you know, documenting all the, you know, the events that took place. Because I just kind of started doing it, you know, as a way to imitate my mom when I was 12. Like, oh, I went to school. I went here. I went there. And then when I got to be 13, 14, it's like just drama. Everything's <laughs> the end of the world. I hate yeah. this person. I hate that person. Like, it was just pages and pages of just drama. And I... I Sheila's a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Now, would you come home, you know, and spill it out then? Or would you wait till the next day? Or what, like, what is... Let's say a Friday, Saturday night, you're just jamming here, L.A., whatever drinking and then you would kind of just go home and it'd be quiet and then that's when you would remember all this stuff yeah i mean usually it'd be on a sunday when i was trying to recover but i mean if i had any time to just be motivated to write then right. i would write it down yeah, because yeah. there were just so many things that i would know i would forget so i if i had a moment where i could write stuff down i yeah. would but usually it was just sunday like a friday side i'm like i don't give a <laughs> shit if i forget about it who cares like i'm just tired i don't want to do this i'll deal with it on sunday but yeah it, it did become a discipline after a while but there's it's a trip because there's so much stuff that I didn't even remember. There's people right. that I hung out with that I didn't even remember having a conversation that with. Were in the, that were, that in, were the in my journals. Hawk. And I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought about that person in a million years. And then here's just this, you know, me hanging out with them, having a beer, talking about poison or whatever stupid thing we were yeah. talking about. But just, it's a trip how much you forget. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not a huge journal guy, but I kept uh, records when I went to Europe. And every once in a while, I'll read through that, and I'll be, I'll be oh, I, I did what? I, I said, <laughs> what did I do? What is this? Like, it really, it's, some of it's pretty sad and uncomfortable. You're like, yeah. I cried three days in Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> Just three empty pages. Um, but no, so I, I, I can't imagine, like, having every record of, like, everything I did in high school written down, like... I just, it would be mind-blowing to go through that and be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, oh yeah. It was a headache, though, because I actually thought about just kind of putting snippets of the actual journal in there. And then when I went back and read it, I just, you know, I'm reading the journal of a 16-year-old girl. Right. So if you oh. listen to a 16-year-old girl talk, you want to punch her in the face. <laughs> it's a big run-on. Like, now yeah. I just write, I'm matured, I write more normal. But then it was just, he said this, and she said this, and I said, oh, my God, a blah, blah, blah. And it's a page <laughs> yeah. of one long right. run-on sentence. And I just was getting a headache just even reading my <laughs> stuff back. I'm like, there's no way. She just published just as like, is. I know. Just oh print this. <laughs> print it. I'm not going to edit it. Just a babbling teenage girl. But that that's kind of the good and the bad thing. I, I did capture that in my journals. Right. But it's a bit of a headache for people to try and read it. So I figured, let me just try and, you know, write it in a way that's, you know, at least... Somewhat a little more adult that makes sense that you can read. That's not such a headache. <laughs> looking looking yeah. back on knowing that it was a sixteen-year-old girl that wrote it, being able to read it as an adult or that wrote it first and an adult that is rewritten. Well, it'd be good to have it on books on tape and have a sixteen-year-old girl read it. 
you know, squeaking. Oh my god. <laughs> or you should have Axel Rose read it. Right. And then I took a picture and I didn't really like it. I don't like being photographed. Wait, you know? we we had this thing where I worked at a passport company and then we had to get we would do bands. So Axel Rose, we had to get his passport. Well, Axel Rose wouldn't take a picture. So we had, talking with his man, management, talking with his management, and then we go, they go here, take this picture, and it was like a picture to the side. You can't use it, you know. <laughs> so then I guess they were over in China or something, and they had somebody Photoshop this picture. So they basically took off. He was wearing sunglasses. They photoshopped the sunglasses off. He was in the and then they so they go. We're, we got to put eyes on him. Well, let's just say they didn't put like American eyes on him. Oh my God! <laughs> you know they just go. Hey, I'm put eyes on him. What you know? And so we got this picture. We're like, what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> is this? <laughs> and we should make this a T-shirt <laughs> and sell it. Oh so I guess I'm lucky that he actually. <clears throat> yeah, did, you got a like, real picture. A picture. But I that mean, was he, before he the corn rolls. He wouldn't, yeah. he wouldn't take one for a passport to go ch- play out of the country to yeah, make money, probably millions of dollars. What kind of ridiculous shit for brains antics? Now, what? So, whenever you say the grunge phase hit, I, you know, I kind of imagine, you know, parties, confetti on sunset, people going crazy. Next and then, day, it's like the day after the Fourth of July. Yeah, tumbleweed <laughs> yeah. and some. Sad, Everyone's hung over. Like what just happened guy, in the last ten years? You know, just because that's. I lived in Seattle when all that stuff came out. And, and then um, the confetti started. Confetti, yeah, confetti started. started. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, just going. I just when I, just whenever I see pictures of the Sunset Strip and kind of what you went through, it's just I couldn't imagine being here. You know. But what was the after? What was the after effect of grunge? I mean, how long did it? How was it quick? Was it like you woke uh, up and smells like Teen Spirit was number one, and everyone on the strip was like, I th- "Killed me." I think it might have been like that. What it almost kind of was. I mean, initially. I know the last couple of months that I hung out on the strip, I could kind of see that it was changing a little bit. And also cops were there to like kind of stop people from socializing because, you know, the boulevard would be packed. People would be even be spilling in the streets, just talking and schmoozing. And then, you know, cops just started patrolling Sunset Boulevard, like walking the boulevard. So if I stopped or anybody stopped to just talk to somebody for a minute, there'd be a cop behind you saying, move it along, move it along. So Mm. you couldn't stop and have conversations. They didn't want you throwing flyers. Like people that were living in the houses around Sunset, like the nice houses were complaining about the litter and, you know, the noise and everything. So that and then just this you know nirvana and seattle thing it was just kind of it was time though i mean it yeah. had gone on <clears throat> glam had been there for yeah, i think kind of started in the early 80s initially and yeah. then by 93 it was done 92 93 it was just yeah. on its last legs yeah what if it, what if grunge never came along and you'd be like you know uh, poison was at the the rainbow last night um, just di- old dicks. Well, I mean, so mean. Opinion. First of all, grunge <laughs> did know. happen, and you can still say those things. Poison, probably some of poison was probably at the rainbow last night, and they probably are being old dicks. But you know, it, but. it was it was cool having those two powerful scenes back to back. Oh yeah, you know, musically for me, I mean, that I was a good. What, what did you, how did you feel about grunge? Did you hate it? Like it? Were you listening? Did you buy into the hype of people you hung around with that hated it? I, I thought it was okay, but I didn't like jump. I like Nirvana. I think Pearl Jam is great, but I didn't get completely into it. Into it. Right. I just kind of, you know, because at that point I'd, you know, been into glam rock for so long. And then all of a sudden it was like, 
You like that? that. Yeah, oh you my like Cinderella? God, seriously? Yeah, <laughs> like just you. I do like Cinderella. Dude, Cinderella <laughs> fucking rules, man. <laughs> I know. I, like I would go Cinderella. see Cinderella well, right now. Cinderella wasn't uh, gl- um, grunge. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you were talking about. Yeah, there. she's saying like because yeah, yeah. because Nirvana became so popular, you'd go anywhere else besides the strip, and it was like, dude, those bands are dead. Yeah, yeah. And that was yeah. kind of how it was. You really, yeah. it was literally like. Or people just looked at you like, oh, like you just like shameful. Like, why would you like that band? They're horrible. Like, it, you could not have long hair and be wearing yeah, makeup. Yeah, long back hair then. became yeah. a, a then thing. You were like, forget it. And and bands like, I mean, you, you never saw Trickster again, you know? Like <laughs> Kicks, Kicks. I mean, Kicks. That guy Brittany is revered. Fox. And tell me if you have Brittany heard Brittany Fox. Wow, well, that you dug that one out. <laughs> I used to go. So, like, I I used to go see Rat when they would come into town. So one time it was Poison, Cheap Trick, and Rat. And then it would be like Rat, Britney Fox, Kicks, um, Rat, L.A. Guns, oh, fucking, God. you know. I yeah, I wasn't. I didn't get to see a lot of those bands. Rat was my <clears> first <throat> concert when I was twelve. I yeah. saw them at the Forum, and my dad took me the and forum. my older sister. Jesus, and yeah. but it was in '85, and Bon Jovi was opening, and it was before. Yeah. Slippery Slip- When Wet came what? out. They were still, it was the Fahrenheit. 78 Degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit album, and they were opening for Rat. And She's a little rat away. Yeah, that was it. And they were opening, and I remember we went to the show, had nosebleed seats. We came out, and our dad was talking to these really cute glam rock guys. Ugh, so, of okay. course, we walk over, and you know, we're like, oh, hey, what's going on? Because he just, he could talk to anybody yeah that was the good thing so we would always like pimp him out to be like oh, he was like uh, i thought you were girls um <laughs> I was what's the deal here guys <laughs> what is the deal with the hair get haircuts huh you know your, like par- your pants know where you're at you can always talk just to like everybody. females yeah, what are those leather pants come on dude <laughs> buy some wranglers what's wrong with you um I'm waiting for you to tell me that it was Wrath that he was talking to. Is that not where the story was oh, going? Oh, I wish we would have gone crazy. No, oh. I don't even remember. It was just some awful glam band. But to yeah. us, I mean, we were like 12 and 14. Right. So they like gave him a flyer and said, hey, we're playing at the Troubadour. Come see us play. So And gave us tickets. So we're like, Dad, come on, let's go. We got to go to the Troubadour. Yeah. So that was actually supposed to be my first like concert show. Mm-hmm. But then we get to the Troubadour. We pull up, and there's a guy like being has a dog collar on him and he's being led in on a leash by a girl and so my dad saw that and he's like no, no. turns the corner and both <laughs> those were just like no you can't do it just cry, whining whining like, you, you can't wh- do this your dad's like you're fucking have a, 12 years old yeah, that guy's like, got a dog no. collar on you're not going in there did he have a yeah. station wagon with like wood paneling on the side or was we it? had a dodge aspen a 1980 maroon one Ooh. yeah it didn't have the paneling on it Boo. i know it's just a maroon um but that's i mean did your dad play an instrument? Why was he so into it? No, he just was. I mean, my mom certainly didn't want to take us to any of those places, and yeah. he didn't mind. He would just sit back and read a book and sit in his car and have a cigarette while That'd we were playing. That'd be hilarious. Like, the bands are playing, he's got a book out. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he did for the Red concert. He just turned the light on in the car and just had a cigarette and he just read Where's my bookmark? Where's my bookmark? <laughs> so so I, I like the fact that he took you there, but then didn't. Like, have to stand with you and be like, all right, girls. Because oh, yeah. no. he, he didn't care to see any. He didn't like any of that. He's like into Elvis and, you know, James Brown. He wasn't yeah. listening to that. But how part. cool is that for your dad to That's not great. just go, go? Yeah, but you know that he was you, involved with it in sure some you had way. a ride you know? and wait for you. Yeah. Like, that's great. I, when I, my first concert was uh, Cult and Metallica in 1989. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, I was like, I want to take my brother for his birthday. I was in sixth grade, I was in eighth grade. And my mom was like, you can't just go to a Metallica concert. That sounds insane. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my friend Chris's dad is going to drive us. And uh, Chris Leindecker's dad, he's going to drive us. And 
Mr. Lionel, he picked us up, you know, and he went with, he had a buddy in the car with him, some dude I'd never seen before. So those Name two were in Rick. the front. Three of us were in the back. We went to the show. We got out of the car. His dad's like, all right, I'll see you guys after the show. And I was like, yeah. wait, what? Like, literally, <laughs> I was not, I'd never had an adult be like, okay, hey, later. wander off into that crowd full of really <laughs> violent looking metalheads, and I'll see you uh, on the flip side. And those guys went to the beer tent. And got shit faced. <laughs> like after the show, he was like, like uh, it was so bad. He was so drunk. I was like, okay, wow. And then he drove us home. And then I was like, all right. I mean, maybe he wasn't that drunk. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but I remember yeah. being in eighth grade going, this is kind of fucked up. Uh, my mom, my mom took me to a rat. We took me and one of my friends to actually two of my friends to a rat concert. And then just weird stuff would happen. Like we were young and these guys dropped something on us and it was like Ugh. little vials of coke and so they came in like where's our coke and we're like <laughs> we don't know don't and my friend it. like gave it to someone else and so then uh and then my it's all this pot starts going around my friend starts smoking pot and then we go back to getting my uh, my mom picks us up we get in the car and she's like how was it my friend goes it was great <laughs> and yaks all <laughs> Over the floorboard oh, of the car, so, and it was like one of those Oldsmobiles that had a really deep oh, floorboard, so it, so it just there. filled it up. A and, and I don't, you know, and then you always no, no draw, drug is ever involved. You know, it's like I think it was he had the nachos. Yeah, oh yeah, and then yeah, yeah. you always it's always filled something. with drugs. I did a thing of ho hos and I don't feel good. <laughs> okay, because that looks like chewing tobacco in your teeth. It's ho hos, chocolate. I don't feel good. <laughs> John, you do repeat shit when you're drunk. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Why am I? Where's my gun? No, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no. I, oh, you mean like when I, yeah, I do. I guess I do repeat stuff because I'm drunk. We're I, models. Oh, well, that, because when, to me, there is something very funny about repetition. Yeah, there you is. You know what I mean? If you start yelling something <laughs> and people are like, hey, that's funny, and then you keep, keep yelling, yelling it. Eventually, people are like, okay, all not right. funny anymore. And then they come around like, holy shit, that's funny again. Oh. And yeah. that's all, yeah, that's all I want, just to make people laugh, Sean. Right. And we are models. We're yeah. models. We are more models. Look, it makes little kids laugh. Anyway, um, I want to talk more about. Uh, so you put this book out. Now, this book out. This book came out when? Rock and Roll High School. Came Thursday. Out December. <laughs> <laughs> came out in December of 2012. Okay, so a while. A while. It's been out a while. You, got, you can get it where? Amazon? Amazon.com. And bookstores? No, I actually had it at BookSoup for a while, but it was on a consignment, and it just kind of really didn't do... I mean, it did well, but it just wasn't worth it financially for right, me right. to yeah. sell it there. It was just more like, hey, I'm in a bookstore. But I was just kind of br almost breaking even having my book yeah. there because I think they take like half or something. So I just thought, why? it's so much easier to just tell people to go to Amazon. That's and what people more people do. buy books on... I mean, bookstores are a dying business. You know what I mean? If you're buying yeah. books, you're buying them online. I bought your book in two seconds <laughs> online. You know what I mean? I didn't have to leave my couch. I didn't have to do anything. So. You didn't have to put pants on? I You're do just not like, you know, I'm going to buy this book without pants. I rarely wear pants when I'm in my own apartment. Right. Meaning jeans or anything. I mean, I'll put shorts on. You don't, wear, you don't wear slacks in your apartment? I don't wear, I don't wear uh, anything pleated. <laughs> I don't wear anything with buttons. <laughs> I have pleated buttons. <laughs> uh, so um, how many pages in the book? 
That was a little over 300. There you go. Really? <laughs> They're fascinated. A little over 300 pages? It was, when I first wrote it, it was at four, it was what we were saying earlier. My first draft of that was about over 400 pages. And I just went through, I'm like, no one cares to hear about this. This has nothing to do with the book. It just had to go through yeah, and just, just cut shit yeah. out that just had nothing to do like with Like random stories. stories. I got a hot dog. Yeah. You know, well, just or just like she was talking about like, you know, a paragraph of something that like didn't speak kindly on somebody. So it's like, yeah. that's not, it's not moving the story forward. Right. And then you just got that yeah. fucking thing hanging out there. If the, you see the person again, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll badmouth you if it counts to the story, right? But right. If it doesn't sure. serve a point. Then, you I don't know. suppose I'm yeah. in there, right? <laughs> I don't like John Huck's hair. That's just added in that, there. For, it's, for the ending, it's the last <laughs> sentence of the book. Also, the I hate John Huck's hair. <laughs> the <laughs> end. You're what? like, what? Why Who's you? John Huck? Everyone's googling me. Like, no, I don't like his hair either. What? <laughs> Fucking gross. <laughs> um, sorry, I keep saying um, um, I, I had questions. I want to know. What was the like? What what was the the thing you look at and say? That was Sunset Strip for me. That was like that was the main like uh, one thing that happened that was so. Not I don't know because I guess life changing going down there the first time was life changing because right, yeah. then you just started going down there all the time. Yeah. But while you were in the height of it, were you were you under the impression that it was never going to end, or were you? I knew it would end, but I think I just didn't... Me going down there was just kind of more of being part of the scene, but I don't think I realized how popular it was going to become. Because now, in writing this book, too, like I've gotten messages from, you know teenage girls and even teenage guys that are 18 19 that dress like how i used to do like they dress straight out of 1986 and uh, they love poison they wish they had been on the sunset strip oh, wow. back then this whole oh, thing wow. and it's crazy i'm like are you serious and just it's so weird like i went to actually see motley crew um on jimmy kimmel a couple of months ago and I was standing in line with a high school friend of mine. I'm like, okay, we'll see Jimmy Kimmel, whatever. And this girl, young girl, was standing behind me, and she was wearing a wife beater um, that said "Swinging Thing" on on it, which was one of like the popular bands that are in the first book, and you know from back then. But they weren't; they were a popular band, but not on the level of like a rat or poison. Like right. if you were there in the scene, the scene you, you know you who they were. Them. You were friends with them, but nobody that wasn't there wouldn't would ever no. know who they are. So when I looked at her, I'm like, where did you get that tank sure. up? Those are my friends. And she's like, oh my God, really? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, how do you even know about this band? She's like, oh, my friends and blah, blah, telling me about other bands that are in my book. I'm like, how do you, like, it's just so crazy yeah. to me. And it's this whole new generation of kids. I guess it would be like, you know, the kids that I went to high school with in the 80s that I wish I was a hippie. I wouldn't wear yeah, bell bottoms right. and I wish I'd been yeah. around during the days <laughs> of flower power. It's the exact power. same thing. I and wish now, I would have seen yeah. the doors live at Hollywood Bowl. You know, yeah. I, w- I, I wish I wish I was around when Led Zeppelin was still touring. I w- yeah. And now it's coming <clears> back for that. And I never would have thought in a million years that anybody would even want to be a part of that. But yeah. now that it's been, you know, what, over it, 20 years. It now, would be funny to see. That's crazy. The, it would be funny to see the glam scene come back. I mean, it's it, you know, it, like if it's slowly creeping it in, you know, yeah, and <clears throat> and the glam scene is brought back by certain as as much as I don't care for Marilyn Manson, there was a time when he kind of brought a little bit of that glam yeah. action back just by being such a fucking weirdo, like a yeah. half David Bowie. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of bands that are still trying to do that, <clears throat> like Black Veil Brides. They have they they're doing like kind of the old Motley Crue uh, like yeah, look. Yeah, I've seen them, I but like it's not you know it's just not the same. I don't know. There's still the bands like Poison and them that are touring now and still you know yeah, Motley they're still doing it. But there's very few bands that can really like. You know, like I just saw Striper. Well, I didn't see Striper, but Striper just played at the Whiskey. The whiskey the yeah, night. I saw them. At, they were playing places like the Santa Monica Civic. You know, back in the late '80s, and now yeah. they're at the Whiskey, and it's you know, it's not sad, but it's just you know, there's right. very few bands like Poison and Motley Crue from back then that can actually play big venues. It's yeah. just not. Yeah, it is yeah. rare. And when Motley Crue, did, did you see them just at the Hollywood Bowl? No, I missed it. I it was awful. Them. They were terrible. Vince Neil's really? terrible now. Yeah, he's yeah, terrible. He's, he's, he wheezes a lot. Like, I, his voice is still there, but he just doesn't he doesn't breathe try. properly. Is it, yeah, he just doesn't care. He doesn't try. He's touch Shout. Really Shout. He literally points so the mic wheezy. at the crowd almost 90% of <laughs> yeah. the show and lets them sing. You're and like, then he's winded for like the just one pay for? verse that like, he well, sings. Well, it now, sucks. now there's a new, um, I think it's limited to country people, but it's like uh, country people that are singing Motley Crue songs. There's like a whole album out now. So well, it's they like always a William do that. Shatner like, thing, like yeah. covering. Well, they <laughs> so Shatner then they covers Motley Crue. So they had ho- somebody sing "Home Sweet Home," and then um, you know through the chorus you can hear Vince singing on it. You know, and yeah. it's just kind of too country. You know, it's. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna pass on it. Well, I'll listen to it. <laughs> I mean, I like that song a lot. And when I remember, that is a good song. When I first heard it, I first heard "Theater of Pain." I actually heard Theater of Pain first and then Shout at the Devil. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I want to know how I went backwards on that, but I did. And I Theater of Pain I thought was awesome. Yeah, Shout at the Devil was like my first album. I keep telling people, you know, when you would open it and there are yeah. four of them just sitting there, you're like, what the fuck is this? And I want to be part of <laughs> What's it. What's going on here? <laughs> That's exactly what I, I saw a looks that the, yeah, it's looks the Looks a Kill. Kill video. And I just fell in love with Nikki Six. And I was just, oh my God, what is he? Like, they're crazy looking. What are they? What yeah, is this yeah. music? And that was what got me just kind of into it. Yeah. And you would see like totally. Livewire and those type of videos. You're like, oh, yeah. oh my God, he has fire. Have you, have you <laughs> met Nikki? We Only call him Nikki signings. on the show. Only a book signing. I've been to a couple of his book signings, but not like in a, hey, how's it going? Yeah. He walked by us one night when we were going in to see Vince at the, when Motley Crue was at the Sunset Music Strip. They got a award or whatever, and uh, they were all there together. And uh, they, he was, Nikki was walking out as we were walking in. He's like, enjoy your alcohol. He kind of sounded like Brody Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> it was really weird. Like, and we're like going, okay. And then we're like, wait, was that a dick? I think he was, was being he, a dick to us because he doesn't dick. drink now and we do. Uh, he thinks he's better than us. And, and then we is. go sit by Vince Neil and everyone's like, are you with the band? And we're like, them. Sure. Yeah. That was funny though. That was, I literally saw a girl ask Vince. She was like, all happy to have these two chicks. And, one girl's like, hey, is Tommy coming? And then my friend had to escort them out. Like, That's it. Enough out of you. Goodbye. And then we, they brought us this really gross beer. We're like, this is gross. And then they just kept bringing buckets of it. So we're like, all right, it's not that gross anymore. We'll keep drinking. Yeah, it. we're like, first beer, we're like, oh, this is gross. And then by the end of that, we look, and there's like 20 beers on this table. For a gross beer, we really pounded the shit out of this stuff. <laughs> no, but after a while, it just blends together. I actually met him the night that I had a kind of like small faux book release party for Rock and Roll High School. I did it at the downstairs lounge at the Viper Room. And I think the street drum, street drum corps was playing upstairs. And mm. Tommy Lee was sitting at a booth with Guy Fieri from Diners, Drive-Ins, and Diners. See, that's the kind of thing that makes me want to <laughs> kill like, myself. This is kind of random. What the fuck so are you talking about, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. <laughs> so I was like, I'm okay. Tommy Lee. Like, 
I just and I, I'm like, you know, it would be good to have a picture with him and my book. So I just right. kind of walked up to the table and introduced myself. Said, hey, you know, I'm having this is my book. I just wrote it about the Sunset Strip. Big fan of Motley Crue since I've, you know played that up since I'm from LA. Yeah. And so I sat down with him for like two minutes, got a picture with me, him, and the book, and Guy Fieri popped into the picture too. Oh God, you <laughs> crop that turd out like Jesus! He's <laughs> showing up cakes. everywhere. <laughs> He's in the in middle of the picture of him for no reason. You're like, what is, what is he in this book? I dedicated the book to <laughs> the guy Guy Fieri, the guy Fieri and your frosted tips. That's yes. the best. But I did get a picture with him in the book, so that was kind of like a fun thing. I'm like, that's hey. awesome. You should ask for one of him looking like he's reading it. I know. You know what I mean? Like just off to the side. Here's Tommy Lee reading my book. I dipped in and out of there because I know how people can get when they just start oh, yeah. cackling. So I was like, thanks yeah. so much. Have a good night. See you. Yeah. Don't want to like, bother not- you. I want you to remember this favorably. Yeah. Not be like, oh, this chick again? Great. <laughs> exactly. Probably has another fucking book for me to look at. <laughs> how many books does she have? God, I hate words. <laughs> Jesus Christ. More pictures. Uh, Tommy Lee, that's that's not bad. That's not bad. Motley Crue, they were fantastic. The whole scene... And like you said, there's so many bands that never made it, that never, that unless you were there, you, you don't know, know about. about. Yeah. And and they disappeared earlier than, I mean, obviously the Motley Crues right. and the and the Poisons, and, the, and they've lasted as much as they can. And you're right, it is, it can be, I don't know, sad as the word, as much as it is yeah. sort of depressing and then sort of, I don't want to say heartwarming because that's weird, but the fact that some of these bands still do play like Warren Place County Fairs, and I get it. It's a yeah. money thing. And yeah. if they had their way, no. no. They'd be retired on an island or yeah. they'd be playing, you know, the pavilions or the amphitheaters. Yeah. Yeah, but uh But wh- they're still playing. Yeah, what um can I ask like what are some of the bands that didn't make it out, but then their stuff might still be out there for people that are kind of fans of that genre to listen to? Like the one you were just talking about with the sh- the girl in the shirt. Oh yeah, like the couple like, of books. like like some of your favorite kind of lower rung bands, maybe. I think well, Blackboard Jungle, the band that does the yearly reunion shows, they're really good. Um, there was another band called the Glamour Punks, mm-hmm. and they were they were exactly that. They were a little bit of glam, but more more punk. punk yeah. And they were so much fun, and they were one of those bands that they kind of just hit that cusp but didn't quite like yeah. break the mold. And this was all kind of in the tail end of the strip. Like I got there right as everybody great was getting signed and leaving. Right. <laughs> yeah, they were like, goodbye, like, yeah. we're yeah. rich now. I'm like, live here in you go, hills. here's, you know. You ever see Anvil? No, I did not get a chance to see. That was a little before my time. Like I didn't I was gonna really. I going to say Anvil was probably like 80. Yeah. 81. <laughs> what was yeah. The, when was the Us Festival? 84. 84. 83 or 83 actually. 83. That's where I, again, just it's so good to just see everybody. That's when Molly Crew and. Yeah, that was a big show for Molly Crew. Yeah, back and then. were you there? Scorpions no, and. I wish. Oh. I would have loved to do that. Um, yeah, because there's like there's a band in Dallas that was kind of in the scene and their, uh, their name is Tablet. And they just, I mean, they had one really great album and then just stopped, dropped, <laughs> nothing. You got to think. That's how a lot of them are. I mean, they, they combined forces to make an album yeah. that was great. And in that process, they probably parted a little too much. They probably got sick of each other. Yeah. And their egos grew. And they put out that great album. Like, well, we're, I'm a great songwriter. I'm a great songwriter. Yeah. No, I'm a great songwriter. It turns out none of them are that great. But together, they made that one thing. Right. It's like two people make a baby. That baby turns out awesome. But those two people might not love each shit. other anymore. <laughs> and they might suck fucking balls. So you, 
It's like but Appetite it, for Destruction. It was the perfect it, album, it was, and then that was it. And yeah. that was it. I mean, These Your Illusions were great, too, but not every... You can't say every song every on song. either one of those is amazing. Appetite is just like every song. There's it, not a bad song. No, they they did... Appetite is their crown jewel. It's yeah. the right. best thing Guns N' Roses ever did, and you can't even... Come close to arguing that. Yeah. In my, but I have those opinions. I guess. I guess you can come close to arguing it if you want to. But if you yeah. say like GNR lies, I'll laugh in your face. <laughs> yeah. And I found out not that long ago that that live side of the album wasn't is them in a studio yeah. with with the soundtrack of a crowd. Oh yeah. really? I was so like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's like finding a comic getting off stage and then starts taking off like those aren't real puppets. Yeah. Well, they're. they're the, <laughs> They're not real puppets. Or I was doing a character, and you're like, what? What? A character? But I thought you were really from Nebraska. It's just, I don't know. It's just uncomfortable. Uh, I, I, want, I feel like we're, we're just talking about all our favorite things of, of Sunset Strip. But, I mean, obviously, there were, the downfalls were a lot of drugs. You probably saw people OD. You probably saw people... And, and there's a lot of uh, just and forgive me, I haven't read the book yet because I literally just got it and uh, I've been super busy, guys. I'm super busy. Super, a lot of meetings, <laughs> a lot, lot of, of meetings, a lot of dinners and meetings. One audition, three meetings today, guys. What'd uh. you do? Oh, you got more <laughs> shit done than I did. Perfect, great. Hashtag on set. Hashtag yeah. farted. <laughs> Hashtag a break. But it says you survived like a psych- psycho ex boyfriend. Was oh, that God. at a young age? What was that? Yeah, that was I was fourteen. Well, at the time it happened, I was 16, but we met. He was the one that knew that band, Taz, that yeah. got me going to those shows. So he um, he just went crazy. It was really weird. He wasn't, he was just, he was abusive in the beginning and just kind of really controlling. And then when I started coming out to the strip, I just thought, I'm like, I'm having so much more fun out here than hanging out in Rosemead with him. So bye. And so I broke up with him. And when I broke up with him, he that's when he went crazy. He was like, I'm not having any of that. Yeah, just Did causing he... scenes on the... St- not that everybody what? didn't see scenes on the strip, but... He oh, he would, cha- he would come to the strip oh, and yeah. hunt <laughs> Chase, like, go to stand, like, park in front of my parents' house and wait for me to come home oh. the strip. Like, there's a couple of those times. Followed me to, like, my girlfriend's house. Like, he would yeah. just follow me all these places. And then finally... When I started dating somebody else, him and his roadie beat the shit out of him and told him to stay away from me. And so he finally, he finally did. But then I actually saw him. I hadn't seen him for years, like 15 years. And yeah. then he showed up at a Blackboard show about four or five years ago. And the second I saw him, I turned around and just left. I didn't care who had played. Yeah. I didn't say nothing. I just left. I'm like, that's like one person I just don't, don't ever want to see again. Wow. Like, but what if he, did he show up in like a suit? You know, dropped 50 pounds, <laughs> had a nice car. Had some flowers and a little cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as he had cocaine, then yeah. he's definitely he's a good person. Good person. Exactly. Um, so you didn't talk to him? In f- oh, no. Just not. And, and it's weird because I saw him after everything went down. I think I saw him like a year or two at a blackboard show. And he saw me. And waved at me. I was at the Troubadour, and he he saw me through the crowd and waved at me and smiled like you would a normal friend, like hey, hey, hey good and to I see just you. looked at him and I'm like, he has got to be out of his mind. Yeah. So I went and got one of my friends, and he like I told and him beat him up it. again. Got another friend and a roadie, and we beat him up. Didn't work the first time. Give him another beating. <laughs> yeah, they just took me backstage and got out of there. I'm like, this guy's crazy, but. That's the only person. Other than that, I mean, even just like the cheating boyfriends and stuff, a couple of them are on Facebook or whatever. Right. One actually contacted me and said he had read my book. Ooh, and, and he's in it? He's in it. 
and he said he read it and he <laughs> and he said he's he was he had cheated and at the time and then denied it and later admitted it and yeah. so when he sent me the facebook message he said he's like i read your book and i'm just so sorry for everything that happened i didn't realize yeah. like i don't i don't remember how bad i was back then and all this and you know evan's a lucky guy and you guys seem happy to get my boyfriend evan yeah. hi evan and you know, hi, sure. just hi Evan. I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> Probably tuned right into this. Colin, if you're listening. But just you know, nice things and everything. And I'm like, it's you know, I'm like I don't feel that way about you now. But I was, you know, there's yeah. colorful words that I'm using in the book to convey my anger and my frustration at the time, at the time so. which are absolutely warranted. I mean, yeah. I'm sure yeah. that's how you felt. And that's oh yeah, I mean, it, I was 16 when yeah, I was going. You through did that. it. That was, head. that was devastating. Yeah. Not that I ever. Uh, we're almost we're almost out of time, John. Shit, are we? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're getting down there. We're getting down there. We can go a little more, but um, I don't want to. I don't want to keep you, but I do. And and what's the? I'm sorry. The second book coming out. This was ages what? Twelve to twenty. Twenty. So right before you turned twenty-one. Right before I turned 21, so the Rock and Roll High School ends on my 20th birthday, which I kind of thought was fitting since that was around the same time that grunge came in and took over. Yeah. And since the book was about that whole glam rock scene, I felt it was perfect. To end end the book in. on my 20th birthday. Second book is Walking Contradiction, and that comes out in a couple of weeks. So second book covers from age 20 up until present day, so 40. So really? 20 to 40. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. It hurts to say that. So does it does one <laughs> does one book end and then the other one picks up the next day? Yeah. This the Rock How and Roll cool High School ends like on my twentieth birthday. 20th? And then Walking Contradiction picks up the morning after my twentieth no birthday. Oh, oh that's, that's fucking awesome. Oh my so God. you got no, we gotta get both of them ready. You together. have to buy both of them. Yeah, and I kind of put a little teaser in there too so the people know. Because if you start reading Walking Contradiction, you're like, What the what hell? hell? She got <laughs> drunk at a birthday party and what? So <laughs> At least now, like when you'll have the backstory if you have both books. That's fantastic. So, uh, rock and roll high school growing up in on this growing up in Hollywood <laughs> during the it. decade of decadence, <laughs> uh, followed Next by Walking Contradiction. Does Walking Contradiction have a longer title? Like, is it debauchery and the just South? the Crackpot Chronicles is the subtitle. Walking Contradiction, the, the Crackpot, crackpot Chronicles. Chronicles. Just because uh, it was such a twenties and even in my early thirties, I just really didn't know what the hell I was doing. Just yeah. working and bouncing on shows i challenge and you find me anyone who does at that point you know what i mean yeah that's why i just called it the crackpot chronicles because i and did did you is it is the second book also about the sunset strip meaning or is this just your life after the fact it it actually is a little bit about the sunset strip it picks up like i said after my 20th birthday and it also is kind of serves as a where are they now for all the people that you read in the first oh wow you know whether it be they got married and had kids or they died or yeah. Whatever, and there yeah. is a lot of death, unfortunately, in in the second book. Yeah. But There's I think that's that like what you said. From age twenty to forty, people grow up or they don't, and yeah. when they don't, you can run into a lot of problems. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? You, it it can it can be a really ugly thing. Like uh, Michael Madsen said, yeah, when you're when you're in your twenties, it's funny. When you're in your forties, it's sad. Yeah, and that was two days oh, before yeah. he got arrested in Italy, peeing into car doors. Um, <laughs> He goes, I'm 20. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you can buy both books. Uh, when is when does the second one come out? In a couple weeks, you said? Yeah, it's going to be out in a week or two, so it'll be on Amazon as well. So look for Walking Contradiction, correct? Yeah, we'll Chronicles. have to mention it again when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Because uh, I'll probably, once I finish this, I'll probably want to... Um, 
I'll probably you, want to go right into the next day. Yeah. You know what? You know, another very uh, popular franchise did that. The Halloween movies. <laughs> uh, they started up the very next day, and those were quite successful. So maybe you'll write five, ten books. Michael Myers can come back. We'll have her on in a couple of years. Okay, this is from 80 to 90. <laughs> exactly. oh my God, it's called Pudding Years. <laughs> it's, it's, it's called No Teeth. Had to blend my vegetables in a blender. It's going to be the size of a pamphlet. It's going to be about ten pages. Yeah. The words are real. Like, the lettering's real big. He's like, there's more dying in this one than my previous... <laughs> Each book holds more and more death. All right. How did you get Southern all of a sudden? Uh, I did want to say really quick, uh, a buddy of ours, a big listener of the show, Ryan at Don Carlos Taco Shop in La Jolla, uh, has a friend who's being deployed overseas, and they are putting together a care package for him. You can mail anything. They're looking for stuff like Chex Mix, Original, Hard Candy, Comedy CDs, favorite movies, TV shows, power bars, and any kind of money for the shipping of and these packages. Socks. Socks. Socks are good. Socks. Is that yeah. spoke? I mean, a Marine, you tell me. I would, want, I, would want, I would want socks. Socks. All right, guys. Socks, too. <laughs> you can send it to Don Carlos. Anything you want of that nature, you can send it to Don Carlos Taco Shop, 737 Pearl Street, number 113, La Jolla, California, 92037. That's 737 Pearl Street, number 113. La Jolla, California, 92037. Uh, we didn't talk a lot about sports, but the Cubs beat the Dodgers two out of three. The White Sox beat the Rangers today. Uh, Dale Earnhardt won his third race. And I saw Troy. I saw Troy. I saw Tony Romo today look like a champion. Oh so everybody God, just get ready. Get ready for <laughs> bullshit week. The, the first game was played, the Sunday night football Hall of Fame game. Giants beat the Bills 17-13. to 13. And uh, Strahan. All those guys. That was a good Oh, talk. Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe we talk about that next time. Yeah, you know what? We'll get to all that next time. And then, um, um, where are you going to be this week? Uh, I, I might have a show here and there. I'm kind of just like laying low till I go on the twelfth to Afghanistan, and um, can you take this package for Don Carlos over? Yeah, tell, I was about to say, I'll, <laughs> I'll deliver I'll it for say, you. I'll save on the, the packaging. I was trying this to do something. Posted. I might try to post something where if you want to, I'm gonna uh, just Sean Halpin live at Gmail. If you want to send a quick email to the troops or something, I, I thought about maybe just handing out. You know, hey, here's a letter from someone that cares or something yeah, like that. So there I'm gonna, you go. I'm going to post them on Facebook. It, it doesn't have, hey, thank you for your service. We're here supporting you and wherever. Doesn't need to Just be something a cool. lot. Yeah, it doesn't need to be a lot. So um, I might try to post something about that on Facebook or Twitter. And you should. I'm going to send uh, Ryan a, a comedy CD that they'll probably throw on a fire because <laughs> people here don't want to buy it. Why the fuck would anyone over there want to listen to it? Um, I got two shows, one Wednesday night at the Social State House or whatever it's called on, used to be Red Rock on Sunset, Jay Davis' oh, show. it's right by my house. I know exactly yeah, what it is. yeah, that's a nine o'clock show. And then I'm doing a show at the, the Standard on Thursday called Eat Your Words. Eat them. A show where we're going to tell stories about food-related things. I'm sure I'll rework a story I already have to include the food I ate that day. Yeah. It's kind of my move. Um, that's I shit all. a sandwich in Germany. <laughs> Shit, a sandwich. I don't know. Uh, that's all we have. Thank you very much, Marissa, for thank coming you, on. Thank you, thank you, thank Thanks you, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, this fun. will go up on Wednesday morning. You can we'll put, we'll tag you in it, and you can promote it if you want. Awesome. Or She's pretend like, no, like you I'm never good. heard of it and you were never here. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of people like that method too. Um, uh, hi, mom. I'm sure you're listening. Hi, mom. And uh, also, uh, 
when we we got some big changes, so when we figure this stuff out, we'll let you know. Yeah, so. big things coming. Big but things, we're, guys. We're big not going to post on Facebook, but we do have new yeah. artwork coming out. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. To the full count podcast this is episode eighty four in the can. You've been listening to the Full Count podcast with Sean Halpin and John Huck. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for the Full Count podcast and follow us on Twitter. Just search for the FC podcast. You can also find us online by visiting our website. Just go to thefullcountpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. It's raining outside. I think I'll stay indoors. Coming down home.